Hello and welcome to the Breaking Free podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Francis, and today I'm very grateful, very humbled to be joined by a fellow self-sabotage coach, Denise Walsh. Um, Denise has had an awesome journey from what I'm seeing on social media and that. Um, she's an entrepreneur. She's dream life coach. She's a life coach, sabotage coach. Um, she's a mum as well and a very awesome person. She's all the way from Michigan in the US of A. So without any further ado, Denise, uh, let's delve into your story and how you got from rock bottom, if you hit rock bottom, I guess, to where you are now and what you're doing with thousands and hundreds of thousands of people for what I'm seeing on social media. So, um, yeah. Oh, she's also written three three or four books as well. So she's pretty much done it all. So I'm looking forward to delving into her story with, with, with the world. So, Denise, take it away. All right. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> I am really glad to be here. I often say that my story started when I was in high school. Um, I would, when I was in high school, every single summer we did mission trips with our youth group. And so when I got into college, I ended up going back to those camps to work. So I worked at camp for four summers all the way through college. Two was in Asheville, North Carolina. We did home repair ministry. So we did painting and roofing and drywall and all these things. And then I decided it was too much hard labor and I just wanted to love kids. And so I started searching for another camp to go to. And I ended up in New York working with New York City foster kids. And these kids came to camp with their head down and their guard up and they felt defeated at such a young age. I mean, they had already experienced traumas and, you know, uh, uh, like lack, lack of attachment and things. And so, um, I remember because the kids came for seven days and then they would go home. Oftentimes they'd come back because their, their foster parents didn't really want them home all summer. So they would come back week after week after week. I got to know a lot of the kids pretty well. And at camp, I saw them get to see the stars and play in the grass and swim in the lake, you know, things they just didn't get to do in the city. Mm-hmm. And they started to like feel like they fit in. They started to thrive. They started to feel like there was a sense of community. And by the end of the summer, I saw them really start to blossom. And I thought, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to help kids, people know just how awesome they are. And so I went into the field of psychology and got my master's in clinical psychology. I got my first job at a local community mental health. And I was like off to change the world. You know, I had these big dreams, these big hopes, like I had high belief in people. And I got my first job. And I remember being like, Uh, like this is it I mean I'm sure as a former teacher anyone in the helping profession you know we have these big hopes and then after for me at least I was working with people that didn't really want help in a situation that couldn't really help them it was all about policy paperwork and procedure then it truly was about people and I felt like overworked underpaid you know a classic situation at 24 years old I went through my quarter life crisis uh I because I was like I don't even know what to do now. Mm. I don't want to be here. This isn't it. You know, I know what it's like to live in my spark. I know what it's like to love what I'm doing. I know what it's like to like, feel like time's going by so fast and you're kind of in your zone and this isn't it. But for the last 24 years, I have been told what to do. 
And so I didn't know the only thing I had seen, right, is work a job you hate for 30 years and then retire. And I was like, I am not, that's not the life I want to live. But like nobody really told me how to switch careers or how to find a new job. Is the grass really greener on the other side? And so for a few years, I really wrestled and I would ask everybody, what should I do? You know, should I take the leap and try something else? Should I just suck it up and love and figure out a way to like where I am? At least here, I know the paperwork, you know? And so I I waffled wishy-washiness for quite a while until I started asking myself, what do I want? (laughs) What do I want my days to look like? What type of, you know, what, how do I want to spend my time and how do I want to impact people? And it was when I really started journaling and asking myself these questions rather than the world around me that I, as I say, the how started to show up and that next step started to show up. And so I got introduced to um, network marketing in 2007 and my husband and I started it as a side gig. And within three years, we were able to quit our full-time jobs and we've been full-time since 2011, no, 2010. So 12 years we've been working from home and throughout those, you know, that 12 years, we've certainly had pivots there. You know, we worked our business for 15 years and then I started my own brand, like coaching company, um, writing my own books and creating my own content. Um, but I think it was that that moment of saying, I'm not going to stay here just because I understand it. I'm going to follow my spark that has guided me every step of the way. That's so cool. So much to un- unpack there. Journaling so important, isn't it? Um, I've only gotten into journaling in the last few uh, years myself. It's just, yeah. How important was journaling for you? Yeah, I think journaling really allowed me to clear the cobwebs. Because when you're living in confusion, you know, you don't know what to do. You don't really know what you want. And so you're just kind of living day to day. And especially if you're in some sort of a chronic stress, um, you know, I didn't have kids back then. So I look back, I'm like, how stressed could I really be? But, (laughs) (laughs) but I, I, you know, you're trying to figure out life and you're busy and you're, you know, you, we, we pack our schedules full with no downtime. So journaling and really taking a step back from all of that and getting into my heart space was key and actually hearing myself and knowing, okay, what did I really want? And what is the next step in order to get there? Getting back in your heart space, powerful message. Um, Yeah. So obviously, so how did you start that network, network marketing? Like how did that all come come about was that something that you journaled and you dreamed and visioned of like how did did that all come about (laughs) that's a good question because heck no no (laughs) I was not an entrepreneur like I'm not a business person you know I'm a psychologist I'm a counselor I'm a good friend Mm. come talk to me I like I like good long deep conversations like that was my world yeah um Business and sales and marketing, that was not my world. Um, it was my husband's world. He was yeah. an aerospace engineer. And so as sound, even though that sounds cool, he was really working in cubicle world with grouchy old men. And so he okay. wanted something else as well. So really it was him driving us. He was like, this is going to be great. We got to do it, you know? And I thought, all right, well, I'll be a part of this with you. But what was so cool is that I found my home there. Yeah. You know, I think part of me at first thought this isn't who I am. Um, but 
as I started signing up distributors and growing a team and working with people, I realized that the people who were joining my business all had similar issues to the people that were coming to me in the clinic, time management. They didn't really like their lives. Um, they wanted something new, but they didn't really know how to get it. They felt overwhelmed. They have no time, which to me really means I have no extra energy because I'm exhausted by the end of a hard day. Mm. You know, so I was able to use the skills I had, you know, grown in my mm. clinical psychology days within my team. But it was a, a pretty big learning curve to. That's awesome. Well, especially back then, we didn't have social media. So it yeah. was truly belly to belly, doing parties, expos. And I remember doing it scared, freaking out, having butterflies. I flew to help my first team, I remember, and, and do an expo in Pennsylvania. And I prayed that the plane would get canceled because <laughs> I was scared to go. So, but I did it anyway. Uh, you know, I scared until I actually had the confidence to match. <laughs> that's yeah, that's so cool. And then we'll just fast forward a bit. Like, how did you get into Jason Christoph's work? Like, I'm a sabotage coach too. And Bryce talked about last week. It's like he just hammered home some truths like a freight train. Like, and it was the same for me too. How was that um, yeah. experience for you too? And when did you sort of get into Jason's work? Like, how did how did all that come 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 about? Were you sort of stuck with the with the network business, and then Jason? work came in and then skyrocketed again? Like how did all that come come about for you? Well, we hit the top of our company in 2015 and yep. um, only four people in the entire history of the company have ever hit this goal. And we were so proud, so honored. And then we were like, what's next? Yeah. You know? So I very quickly was like, what's next? Now what? Hmm. Um. And there was no more ladder to climb within my organization. They were like, start over, do it again. I'm like, I've already done that twice. No, thank you. I want to create something new. And so I started working on my books and my journals because people would say, how do you do it? Tell me your secrets or whatever. And we know there's not one thing. It's like who you be when you do the thing. It's how confident and like your belief trumps everything because you'll figure it out as you go. But so anyway, I started writing my books and my journals and, and started my podcast and things, but I still really didn't, um, I hadn't gone full force. I had my, my feet in both worlds. And similar to when I was in the clinical psychology job, it was like, do I relight my spark here hmm. or do I follow it? Because it, my spark is now dead where I am. Like I wasn't feeling it. I wasn't excited. I wasn't, you know, and you can't fake this stuff. You can't like, and so I had to wrestle with that. And again, it takes longer than you'd expect. You know, you think, oh, I'll just decide one day, but there was grieving that had to take place with, you know, leaving my, the community I had built for so long. Um, and it was, it, it took some, it took some time to, mm. and then when I started listening, um, you know, the, the COVID really woke everybody up, I think, especially entrepreneurs, because I had already gotten out of the realizing the school system didn't teach me what I really needed to know. And so I hadn't watched the news in 10 years because I was building a business. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I'm listening and I go, I don't believe you. I don't believe yeah. a word you're saying news. Yeah. So if I don't believe you, who do I go to? And yeah. so 
Jason came up in that list of people to learn from. And I thought, you know, the reason why I decided to be a certified self-sabotage coach, I had already been certified with Jack Canfield and the success principles. And I had my clinical psychology background, but I really like the niche of self-sabotage. I think everybody can relate to it. Whenever I'm in a meeting or I'm doing marketing stuff, people go, oh, that's me. (laughs) And so I thought that this could be a really great way to kind of couch all my programs because people understand that they do it (laughs) (laughs) and they don't want to, but they don't really know how to get out of it. And that's where we come in. Yeah, absolutely. That's so cool. So did did um so Jason's work obviously hammer home some home some truths for you, even though that you'd already, I guess, made it. Um, did that hammer home some truths for you in another way, I guess? Yeah. I mean, I was mind blown, mind yeah. blown with the the content that we received within the certification. Um and it really linked the psychology, like the group think that mm. I had learned back in my sociology days, you know, and it gave me a way to talk about some of these world truths without being as loud and bold as maybe Jason is. Um, (laughs) I get people in my programs and then I'm like, let's really talk about what you do, why you do the things you do. And is it really what you want to do? Or is this group think that we're, that's happening here? Um, but uh, I loved those the, the videos that we got to experience. It was powerful. Yeah, they were they were so cool, weren't they? Um, yeah. So is there um, so what so what sort of programs do you offer now for people for people that are out there? Um, what sort of what what do you offer? I know what you offer, but the listeners probably yeah. don't. So yeah. Yes, I have two programs. One is called Ninety Day U Turn, and this was created after the self sabotage content. Um, entered the picture. And again, it was just like, it helped me go from being double-minded, um, uh, one foot in one foot out to like, I'm full blown going. Cause I have to follow my soul or my soul will die. Mm. So after all of that, I created 90 day U-turn and it, I, it helps people to overcome self-sabotage and rewire their subconscious for success. And it weaves in a little bit of everything. It weaves in the clinical psychology stuff. It weaves in the success principles by Jack Canfield. It weaves yep. in the self-sabotage work. And what I have, I have got 12 plus hours of video. So each week clients get an hour, 45 minutes of a lesson, and then they download the PDF and they can fill it out themselves because I'm a big proponent of not just listening right? If we could all just listen to YouTube videos and change our life, we would already be there. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm a big proponent on writing down because again, journaling, right? The act of writing is powerful for our brain. And so they write down their answers to the questions about their own specific life. And then we meet once a week as a group and I pair people up into pairs and then they talk about the content each week. Um, And so I run that program um, four times for maybe three times a year. It's like yep. every quarter, but then I skip a month. So three times a year. And then after doing the program a handful of times, I've had people say, can you teach me to do this? And so I now have the Dream Life Certification Program where oh, awesome. I teach people my process, the Dream Life Pathway, Head, Heart, Feet. I give yeah. them a bit of backbone on like family dynamics and attachment theory and substance abuse and addictions and all these kinds of things. Um, we go on a four day retreat called a dream life adventure. And by the end, and I also have the online business supports 
you know, how do you generate leads and how do you all this kind of stuff kind yeah. of woven within. Um, so it's a year long coaching program that helps people learn how to teach this content too. That's awesome. Dream life retreat sounds, sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, I know. I need to plan one in Australia. That I think you really do. Fun. Yeah. I bet I, people would want to come. <laughs> I think they would sign me up. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. 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 Um, so um, do you have like a limited, limited amount of people that you can have or is it unlimited or how does that, how does yeah, that all I work have, for you? I have 24 women each time. Um, and the reason for that, we've actually run men's groups with the content as well, but oh, we that was do my next them. question. <laughs> yeah. We keep them separate because I don't want to ever pair a man up with a woman. We're talking about vulnerable things. It's just yep. not kind of me. Um, Fair enough especially I do have some trauma cohorts as well. So we just keep everything separate. Um, so typically women, typically 24 is the max because again, we want people to really get to know each other within the cohort and it ends up being a cohesive group. Um, and then that's only, you know, that's an open and close group because we start, we start at the same time and end at the same time. The yep. certification program is open enrollment. And so people can join that at any time. Yeah, sweet. Can anyone join that from anywhere in the world? If anyone's listening from Australia, yeah. can they join up? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We'll put that link in the bottom. Okay, awesome. Yeah, sweet. Um, what else we gonna ask you? I was gonna ask you something else too. Oh yeah. Um, did you have a rock bottom when you were a teenager in your early twenties, or were you sort of just you met uh, what's his name, Brandon? Yeah, <laughs> Brandon. So you obviously met Brandon. Was that your way up? I guess like yeah just circle back to that. What was your, yeah. Oh, you know, there's, I've had several, like what I would consider rock bottoms. Um, two of them were surrounding this. Do I stay where I am, even if I don't like it or do I pivot? And the pivot point itself felt like Velcro. Yeah. Um, but the other kind of rock bottom that I've had to radically accept and radically take responsibility for was living with an alcoholic. So if we have had addiction in our family. And so yeah. living with an addict is a shocking experience because you're basically living with someone who says the sky is black and you say the sky is blue, <laughs> like you're in different worlds. Mm. And so there's a lot of things that happen when, I mean, if somebody's living with domestic violence or things like gaslighting, basically mm -hmm. saying that your emotions are wrong. If you bring up a point or if you have a concern or, you know, you're wrong, you're wrong. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. You have to cloud through what's really true. Um, mm -hmm. And then, and then the other, I mean, this brought me to Al-Anon for a year. This brought me into counseling for a year, all at the height of our business career, which is really fascinating. Interesting. Um, and, oh, the other thing I was going to say, oh, when you're living with people who are not healthy like that, uh, it's, there's this sense like that you are responsible for their well-being. Like you're responsible. If they're in a bad mood, it's your fault, right? Yep. Um, and so it's walking on eggshells and that kind of thing. And so I really had to do my own work to let go of any emotional strings because I learned through the process that I'm not 
I cannot be responsible for someone else's emotions or well-being. Like I can only take care of my six feet and I'm going to give you the grace to take care of yours. And whatever you choose to do is on you, not on me. Taking your power back. Yeah. It's powerful, that, you know, it? Yeah. Because yeah. you feel and like, you, sorry, you feel like you're carrying the weight of the world around on your shoulders when you have that other, yeah, it's interesting. Did you feel like a massive weight just came off you? Well, then I had to practice it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so like, you know, you have this realization like, oh my gosh, this is not my fault or this is not me or, you know, whatever. Like we can own our pieces of it. Mm. Uh, but, but yeah, then I had to practice like you be you, I'll be me. Hope, you know, and I'm not going to allow, I'm not going to be on the roller coaster with you, mm. you know? Yeah. yeah. Jump off anytime. I had to use my own skills that I teach a lot. <laughs> yeah. See, so, so you found that, you know, obviously the best way is like you do it on yourself first and then you can, then you can help others. Isn't it? That's the way it works. Yeah. Well, all of the exercises I teach in my program, I had powerful impacts on me when I mm. learned it. And that's why I include the program in my certification program, because I want people to experience it for themselves and then they can learn how to teach it. Because again, if we could all just like listen to a video, it's not, it's about when you know something is powerful and works, you're going to teach it and work on it differently than if you just like hear about it in a book. So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, sweet. So, um, yeah, so what's, what's, what's coming up for you? What's, what's the next few months look like for you? in terms of um, business and work. Oh, Any, do you have yeah. another program opening up soon? Yeah. So I love the end of the year because I really get, we like reflect, you know, it's a good time to take a look at your stats, at your numbers, to reflect on what you've done, what you've accomplished, where you want, you know, and really decide for the next year. So I'm doing a lot of that right now, which has just been really fascinating is you think, you know, it feels like I probably should be doing it all year round, but the fact is I'm not, I'm working my business and I'm calling leads and working, you know, doing coaching. So now I have yeah. a set aside time to review so then I can reflect and re dream. So I've got two things happening. I have an annual planning workshop that I'm hosting with my clients that I actually invite other people to participate on. Um, it's a paid three hour workshop where we do that, that exact process where we reflect, we take a look at where we are, what we did over the past year, see mm. how far we've come because sometimes yep. we don't recognize it and then really create our game plan for the next year. We take our big vision and block it into quarterly projects that's coming up. And then I am um, opening the doors to 90 day U-turn for a January start date. So the first two weeks of January, that program will be open. And yeah, I have had international friends join us Interesting. Um, Might be some Aussies out there. Yeah. Singer watching this. I encourage anyone to join the uh, 90 day U-turn. What I've seen looks awesome. Thank you. Thank you. It is. It's been really, really stinking cool to see the shifts that people have made in just 90 days. Like we know that just is the beginning, like we're going to keep the process going, you know, but um, I say healing and growth are coming onion layers and it's not yes. always a flip of the switch, but it's onion layers. And when you're, when you're growing in a community of like-minded people, it just happens so much faster, especially when you've been given a path to follow. Especially. Yeah. It's who you're, who you're surrounding yourself with too, isn't it? Yeah. Very important. Yeah. yeah, yeah very, for sure. Yeah. Interesting. Um, 
I was going to ask you about uh, what was I going to ask you about? Oh yeah, what do you uh, when you when you have people come to you? Do you see a lot of a lot of people in pain out there? Because I uh, see it here in Australia. There's a lot of people yeah. out there that have a lot of pain and trauma and a lot of suffering. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean I think that all of us on some level have some some trauma that either we're currently currently experiencing or we have experienced in the past. And when you start talking about it, it's it, I started a nonprofit this year called Stop Suffering in Silence. And we work solely with trafficking and trauma survivors. And we do the same program, 90 Day U-Turn, with mm-hmm. them, um, but just in a smaller cohort. And even just starting to open up the doors to talk about that has brought people out of the woodwork saying, yep, that mm. happened to me. Um, and it's horrifying and shocking, but I'm so glad that people feel comfortable enough to actually start sharing their story because that's when the healing really happens. Agreed. They're agreed. And that was the old program, wasn't it? Don't ask for help. Um, yeah. especially for the men out there, it's don't ask for help. Um, yeah. you know, stay, stay silent, suppress everything. Men are supposed to be strong. Asking for help is a sign of weakness. That's the old program. Yeah. I tell people now the people, those who ask for help win. Yeah, I agree. Because we c- can't figure it out, out all on our own. It'll take us forever. So go find people who already know and it gives us a shortcut. <laughs> yeah. And, and hopefully some people resonate with you and can reach out to you as well and just help heal more people. Yeah. It's very, very I powerful. really do believe that when we as a people are like reconnected and have that secure attachment or feel whole, hmm. uh, we really can overflow. Like when our spark is lit, we overflow and ripple effect and impact everybody or us around everybody around us. It doesn't the world no good to live as a zombie, right? Going in and out of your day, but not really engaged. The world yeah. needs more engaged people who love what they're doing because that's what's going to overflow and truly impact everyone. I agree. That's so that's so powerful. That <laughs> is there anything else you want to share about your journey? Denise? Oh, let's see. Um, you know, I think, I guess what I've, the one message is truly that change can happen. I have seen those who are at rock bottom, who are experiencing massive depression, who are experiencing flashbacks or triggers or things, and they just don't even understand life without it. Mm. I've seen them heal themselves and like become strong enough to where those things no longer bother them. They're like a little fly. Mm. Uh, And so it's not that the world outside us is going to change. It's that we become stronger and then the world out like we get to decide, right? We have that empowerment and the world out around us no longer has that stronghold on us. Mm. So just know it's possible. Mm, you know, cause... I think sometimes people it's just easy to think good for you, you know, but yeah. not people don't feel like it's possible for them. But yep. I've seen so many shifts and changes in people and healings and um, you know, when you're retrain your brain like you will get different results. 
Mm. Spot on. And we hand, we always, we're always handing out our power away. It's like we have the power inside of us, and it's it. going, yeah. and it's going within, and and really sitting and listening to yourself and journaling your goals, journaling your aspirations. Like it's all so important to just sit with yourself, and listen to yourself. Have you ever heard? I actually was going to post it in the the sabotage group today because I thought, ooh, everybody <laughs> needs this. It's so good. Um, have you ever heard of the strangest secret? It's by Earl Nightingale. No, I haven't. I'll post it after this. It's a 30 minute audio. And I love it because it's from like the 1950s. It's like this age old wisdom. But then you go, wait a minute. If they've known this for a day, you know, for a century, how come (laughs) we're not taught this? You know, Mm. but he basically talks about you become what you think about. So think about who you want to become. That's the essence of it. And he says 95% of the people conform to the wrong percentage group, right? They don't know why they're doing what they're doing. They're just conforming because that's what they see in front of them. And so we have to be like the 5% and we have the power to switch that. But right now I'm doing a 30 day um, strangest secret challenge where I'm challenging everybody to listen to it every day for 30 days and to really take their thoughts captive and be intentional on where, what they want and where they're going and think about that consistently. So that's been a really fun way to end the new year or to end this year. So we can really start off with momentum. Yeah. And a lot of people out there set their new year's resolutions, but never really go anywhere. Right. Because you, we're going to snap back to what's comfortable, even if we don't like it every day, if we don't actually reprogram our subconscious and retrain our brain. Yep. And you, and people out there have got to start feeling uncomfortable. Let that uncomfortable feeling come in to then do the work. Well, you're right. If we're comfortable, we don't have the motivation or desire to change. And, and that's so 95% that... of people, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I had to get this restlessness that, you know, I stayed, I, in my opinion, far too long. Yeah, same. You know, I stayed in this restlessness trying to see if I could make it go away. And mm. finally I had to listen to it. Yeah. And use it as a motivator. Same. Were you always conscious of health? Did you have any um, alcohol or um, what was your biggest form of self-sabotage you had to overcome? Um, well, there's two things. One is I have I have worked out. So I've done several bodybuilding competitions. And so, you know, the extremeness of the bodybuilding competition world and extreme dieting and that kind of thing. Mm. I think that anything extreme is damaging to your body. Right. And so that was an aha moment of like, there was obesity in my family. So I went complete opposite way Mm. and thought, you know, I'm being healthy. Um, but yet I'm damaging my body. I think coffee was one that was a really sad thing to hear. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, sugar, I can understand, but coffee, yeah. come on. That's like <laughs> Every that time I just... talk about coffee with some of the stuff I share, it just triggers so many people. People it's message so me, they say, oh, no, there's benefits to coffee. It's it's good for you. It's like if you do your own research, you'll you'll figure out that coffee is like no good for you at all. Yeah. And I really, I was able to switch it by going to dandelion blend or oh, dandy yeah. blend is what it's called here. Yep. So I like still get the warm, cozy feeling without the caffeine because that's really what I wanted anyway. Yes. You know? A lot of people want that warm drink. I have a, 
Um, I'll have a warm drink when it's winter months here. I'll have a turmeric, ginger, apple cider vinegar, uh, garlic, and warm water and just mix Ooh. that and a little bit of honey. That's what that I do. That sounds good. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in, in my book, I've got it in there. But, yeah, that's the sort of warm drink I tell people or a warm glass of bone broth or there's other healthier alternative warm drinks out there than just coffee that make yeah. you feel good. That make you feel good and don't make you like crash or yeah. have bad sleep or, or to be honest, when I'm working with clients, like caffeine raises anxiety. So if you're anxious and you drink caffeine, it's going to make you more anxious. So it's not yeah. helpful. Yeah. And in the warmer months, it's the summer months here in here in Australia, I do that same drink, but I add an orange and juice it. Oh, mm. interesting. Yeah. Orange, ginger, turmeric, garlic, honey. Bit of water, some ice, beautiful. Yeah. Then you can add yeah, like spinach, you can add spinach, you can add kale, you can add all the greens too. Like you could go yeah. on forever with it. Like that's just the sort of drink I'll have. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I also had the days when, you know, especially in the network marketing years, where it felt like in order to make sure everybody was having fun, um, mm. we had to have alcohol. And uh, so yes. We did a lot of entertaining those years because, you know, part of our job as team leaders is to create this community and to have, you know, have events and have fun and that kind <laughs> yeah. of thing. And so um, I definitely, when I really started learning about the self-sabotage content, I thought, yep. I mean, I can see it. Mm. I can see. And, and again, it's part of that programming. That's why, you know, college is four years of you know, drunkenness. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much how mine was. <laughs> yeah, and it's just one of those things where you go, is this really taking me where I want to go? Mm. So. And they're the sort of questions people aren't asking themselves. They're sort of just going along to get along, aren't they? Yeah, well, when I was working my full-time job, I remember the lunchtime being the place everyone complained. So they complained about, you know, work or they complained about home or it mm. was just like this kind of attitude. And when I, I left, so actually I quit my job um, and I left, uh, my last day was on a Friday and I left on Sunday to go to six to Australia for six weeks. And when I came back, I was like, oh my gosh, now I'm a full-time entrepreneur. Like, what do I do with my time? I don't really know. <laughs> so I ended up going back to like visit my work friends one day yeah. And I visited them at lunch. And it was then after I had been removed from that for two months and I come back for a day and all I hear is like whining and complaining. And I thought, these are not people that are taking me where I want to go. Yeah. But it's it just becomes habit, even if they like, it just becomes habit to complain. Like whose life is harder becomes like a habit that, because people don't know how, what to talk about. I don't know. It's really fascinating. It is fascinating because I'm seeing it too. Like it's, I'm I'm back in the system at the moment, just getting some cash, and I see it all the time. Like people just complaining about all these little. I see them as trivial things. Like they're not yeah. that important. It's like have something. If you're gonna complain, well, I don't really. I'm not a fan of complaining. But if you're gonna complain, complain about something worth complaining about. How about the fact that your food sprayed? Or they're actually trying to kill us. How about complaining about that? Right, right. We <laughs> complain about things. We really, um, either we complain to people who can't really help us. So we're not 
can't really change the situation or, um, you know, we're not complaining doesn't actually move the needle anywhere. Right. So it's just a sign you're spinning your wheels. Yep. So true. And so spot on. Um, if any of that, if any of your story resonated with, with someone, Denise, there's someone out there, it's really resonated with them and they're thinking, Oh, that resonates with me. What's, what would be your advice to those people that are, that are like struggling, that are in pain or, um, they have addictions, they have some trauma. What would be your advice to those people to start their journey? I say, yes. I mean, I think the cool thing is, is that there is healing on the other side. There is another side of that tunnel, even if it feels dark for you and confusing, you don't quite know what it looks like. Uh, partner with somebody who can help guide you there, who can help pave the way and say yes to yourself. I think one question that's a great question to ask yourself is what would, uh, what would my, what would my five year from now self say? Like what would my future self say to me right now? And oftentimes it's like, listen to your gut. And if your gut is restless, if your gut is, if if you're not where you want to be, then let's do something about it. I love that. I was, I was, that's usually my last question, but I did have one more. I just wanted to ask you about that, that uh, non-for-profit organization. Uh-huh. Is it SIS? Stop, sis. sis. Stop, yeah. sis. Stop, SIS. Yeah. Yeah. And we have a podcast on YouTube called Stop ah. Suffering in Silence. Um, Yeah. The lady, the girl that I partner with, she was trafficked at the age of nine by a teacher at her school and brought oh, wow. into the child porn industry. Um, and she, I mean, horrific, just, I mean, uh, horrific. The link to that can be found in the bottom. I'm going to go back and listen to some of this stuff. Yeah. So we talk about, we raise awareness on trauma and trafficking, but then we also talk a lot about the healing journey because, um, you know, it's, it's possible. Absolutely. It is. That's such an awesome way to finish. Have you got a mum joke for us or an affirmation? Denise? Oh, I've got both. I yes. do. I've got both. Awesome. Okay. So let me tell you my joke. This is my go-to joke. <laughs> Anytime I'm asked and I got it in like seventh grade out of like a little candy Laffy Taffy. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It goes, what does the snail say riding on the turtle's back? What? Wee. <laughs> All about perspective, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. That's awesome. Uh, my joke. Yeah, you oh, go. go. Affir- no, I'll, I'll, I'll say my, my affirmation next. So you I'll, sh- I'll share. I'll share my joke. Uh, okay. My joke is: Did you hear about the two knots that had a race? Ended in a tie. Ooh, <laughs> good one. that is a dad joke. <laughs> Righto. That's funny. Affirmation. Um, and then the affirmation. That's one of my favorites. We say this um, at our Dream Life Adventures. It's kind of one of the themes. Is we say anything that can go right will go right today. I love that. That's such, yeah, that's, that's awesome. And I often encourage people to express gratitude, be grateful for the things you have as well. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Denise. Thanks for jumping on today. Um, you had an awesome, awesome story and awesome journey. And um, I can't wait to see how you progress in the next few years now that I'm following your stuff. So um, I feel like we're going to do another chat soon and I'm looking forward to that as well. 
Awesome. Well, keep up the good work. Teens and young professionals need this work for sure, because they're often in such a, they're in their own quarter life crisis. They are. And and for anyone out there that that's all resonated with, please ask for help. Um, I'll put Denise's stuff in the bottom. I highly recommend watching um, and listening to Stop Sis. I know I'm going to be doing that when this is finished. So thank you, Denise. And we'll wrap that up there. So thanks for coming on. Thank you.